We're living in a time now where we're on cell phone. We want things so quick. We want everything to come so quick, so quick, so quick. James Stephen Terrell is a native Washingtonian who was reared in Ward 7. His parents are Reverend Dr. James E. Terrell, pastor at Historic Second Baptist Church of Washington, D.C., and retired Superior Court Associate Judge Mary A. Terrell of the Superior Court of Washington, D.C. He received his high school diploma from Gonzaga College High School in Washington, D.C., his Bachelor of Fine Arts in 1999 from Howard University, and Master of Fine Arts in 2002 from Parsons School of Design in New York City, and the Master of Divinity degree from Union Theological Seminary in New York City with a concentration on theology and the fine arts in 2006. While attending Union Theological Seminary, he pursued fine arts painting elective courses at Columbia University. Terrell has exhibited work all over the country and had multiple solo shows, including at museums. His current exhibition, Transcendence Beyond the Terrestrial Plane, can be seen at the Saginaw Art Museum through April 16th. James Terrell, thank you so much for joining us here on the Temple Arts Podcast. Uh, appreciate your time and uh, the work that you're sharing with the Saginaw Art Museum transcendence beyond the terrestrial plane um, that is showing now through uh, mid-April. And uh, I want to come on uh, here with you and just learn a little bit more about your journey as an artist and uh, how that's how that's come to be and a little bit more about the exhibition itself. Um, so I'll start just by, I just want to start by um, Learning more about this vision that you've had for becoming an artist, is that something that uh, you've developed since youth uh, or something that uh, has more recently been uh, something that, that you've explored? I would say it's more recent that I explored this particular uh, series of artwork. Um, ever since the whole 2020 pandemic, shut down i was doing a bunch of different pieces as you can see behind me with just using color blocking on the images uh the piece that's to my left here that i'm pointing to i was doing more just color and figures but then my wife told me or asked me why don't you explore deeper into what you're doing? Why don't you use paper and try to expand upon your approach to pattern and color and color theory? And that changed my whole aspect of how I was working with this whole new series. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about um, the process that you go through in making the pieces that we have here in the exhibition. Uh, is there a place that you start? Do you start with your subject or uh, do you start with the materials you have and then uh, construct it from there? Can you describe that process a little bit more? Uh, so I start with the figure. I've been, always been a figurative painter um, at first. And then what I do is I draw the figure out and then I overlay it with a grid. I find a grid I like. Uh, I, I was really enamored by the quilts. Uh, my father was a painter, and his mother was a, a quiltist, or I don't know if that's the term used, but she would quilt works. 
So I was trying to put the two together. How could I overlay the quilt patterns over my figures and make them more intricate? Because as a painter, I couldn't get all the patterns I wanted. But when I saw the papers that my wife was showing me, I was like, wow, I could interact these two together and make it more intricate. And so I began to try to overlay the grid work of the quilts that I saw with the patterns and the figures and make them more intricate. You know, when you talk about that grid pattern of the quilts, uh, are these quilting patterns that uh, come from your family or uh, are they are they sourced from other places? Oh, they're sourced from all over the place, online, looking online, trying to find different quilt patterns that are very intricate. And then also adding my own layer to them as well, trying to make them I don't just take the pattern, but I try to add my own aspect to it as well. Yeah. And and I noticed, you know, looking around the gallery uh, or the exhibition here, it it's in some cases hard to tell where you've used the same pattern paper twice. Uh, you know, there's such variety in uh, the papers that you're choosing to work with. Uh, do you um, do that consciously in terms of from one piece to the next, uh, choosing uh, different papers to use, or or uh, is that is that uh, a little bit less conscientious? No, I was trying to. I didn't want to use the same patterns in the same places on the picture. I was trying to use a variety of color patterns and textures all over the canvas. So it was like, I was really into the color patterns of um, Joseph Albers, who's a color theorist, and um, Eiten, which is also a German color theorist. So I was trying to place the colors, but I was trying to also make them not the same all over the canvas. So it was, I was piecing it together piece by piece, but not trying to use the same colors all over the canvas. So I was trying, I was, I was really into the whole op, opt art artist of um, Victor Vasily and um, Bridget Riley. So I can make the eyes move all around the picture. So I didn't want to see, I didn't want to have the same patterns all over the picture plane. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to consider sort of the variation from one piece to the next, where in some instances, uh, it takes a moment to recognize where where that the, the, the figure is in the piece. And others, it's a, it's a little bit more uh, a l little bit more apparent. Uh, you know, I, I think specifically of uh, uh, you know, forgive me, I don't know the title off the top of my head, but the uh, the figure of the uh, gentleman holding the umbrella, and you know, I, I was able to find the the figure initially, but the umbrella came separate. Like, oh, there there's an umbrella, you know. So it's really interesting to to watch the way that you've been able to do that. 
Um, yes, that picture was um, called Javioso, and it's based off of the African goddess who is the god of rain and thunder. So I put the umbrella on his head just to try to show that particular aspect of the particular work. So in your artist statement, you indicate um, a connection between the, the physical and spiritual reality. Um, I'd love to hear you speak a little bit more about that idea because I understand you also have a, a background in theology. Um, where, where do those worlds sort of intersect for you? Yeah, so um, I went to school, first of all, I went to Howard University. I got my bachelor's in art. Then after that, I moved, I taught for a year. Then I moved to New York City and I went to Parsons School of Design where I got my master's in art. And then I love New York so much, I wanted to stay again. So I went to Columbia for my theological degree in, um, in art, theology and the arts program. And um, my father is a pastor in DC as well. And so I wanted to fuse together the whole aspect of spirituality and the arts. And growing up, I was so enamored by the stained glass windows I saw in the church and how they were layered with the colors and the sectioning off with the, um, the iron and the colors. And I wanted to pursue that more. And so I started to delve more into how to produce art that projects the spirituality of people in general. Because on, because we're, as people, we are so layered. We're not just physical. There's a different aspect to who we are and what we are. And to this whole global planetarial aspect of where we come from and who we are. And I wanted to capture that in this particular work of art that um, was shown at the Saginaw Museum. Yeah, growing up, you know, with, with that experience, uh, did you find that you were encouraged towards the arts uh, by, by your family? Or, or was that, uh, was your family a little bit more neutral towards it? Uh, well, actually, that's a good question. Um, my grandfather was a painter that my dad told me about. But he could not pursue the arts because he had two. He had ten children. He was a great painter, but he couldn't really support the family on that in that particular realm. So he put that aside to help support them. And then my father went into art, but at the same time, in that time period, in the late. 50s and 60s, he himself also couldn't find an aspect of a way to, to support the family on art. So he went into education, where he taught education in the school system in DC. And then he went into theology, where he became a pastor and now runs a church still. Um, but for me, it was a I guess I was trying to pick up on that particular pathway and I wanted to figure out a way of how I could really get into the arts and be able to support myself and my family in my arts. 
my wife is an artist as well, full-time artist. And we started our own business called Terrell Arts DC. And we've been able to really support ourselves and our family and our structure in this whole art business. But it's been a struggle at first, but now we're really, really on point on pursuing that. You know, it's it's interesting to consider how um, you've you've been able to uh, use that family background as as a, a foundation for your your own um, pursuits. And uh, you know, can you describe a little bit more, maybe about um, some of the key challenges that you've needed to overcome in order to um, sort of take take your own career. Uh, to the next level where you're you're able to support yourself through your art? Okay, yes. Uh, so we've been, um, we started our business, Terrell Arts DC in 2020, right when the pandemic hit. Everything seemed to have changed drastically. So I was able to, uh, well, I was a, an in-school teacher at the time. When 2020 hit and the COVID situation hit, I was able to work from home. My school gave me access to computer to be able to teach virtually. And that was amazing. It changed everything. And so from that standpoint, I was able to work on my work as well as teach my classes on a day-to-day -day basis, which was not actually able to happen before. Before I was working you know, on the weekends, I may I may work when I come home, but then I also have kids, so they wanted to have my attention. But when 2020 hit, I was able to maneuver and be able to work on my work more so and work with my kids and my household more. And it helped me to build up a whole new repertoire of artwork, which was amazing. I had more time on my hands. I was able to see them grow, which a lot of parents don't have that access to. And I'm still able to do that now because I'm still working virtually from home. Yeah, that's it's really interesting to consider the way that um, the pandemic created some space, uh, and I, I like that word maneuver uh, that you used, and the way that you're balancing multiple um, priorities and, and responsibilities, and uh, it it really sounds like it was in some ways uh, provided the the room for for you to develop develop your your own craft yeah it changed it changed the whole uh situation i i had no idea how much work i was able to accomplish being able to be home 24 7. <laughs> it was ridiculous <laughs> have you um been able to maintain some of that uh that discipline or or do you have certain disciplines in your day-to-day -day work now uh, that you follow that help um, uh, move your art forward? 
Uh, yeah, um, pretty much um, it's the same concept nowadays that um, I'm still home working from home and my kids are here. But when I first started, it was a challenge. They didn't understand me being home every day because usually I come, I go to work when I was in school in the building, come home, I will go to work, uh, leave at about seven o'clock, get to work, come home around five or six. I see them for a couple hours, then I go to bed and that was that. Then when everything shifted, they would see me 24 seven and they would want to be more involved in what I was doing in terms of my artwork. So there have been many contract, um, many problems at first, I would say, <laughs> catastrophes where they, they would want to work on my art with me. Um, I like to work on the floor. So they would run through the house, tip over paint on the paintings. I'll have to go back and fix the paintings because they knocked paint over them. So it gave me a whole new appreciation of my artwork and how to go back and to fix things. And it was a, it was an interesting challenge, but then but then it began to begin to work out. They began to understand the importance of the art and the importance of what I was doing. And they began to actually work with me and not just over me, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you leave that paint on the canvas, maybe you end up more like Jackson Pollock, right? <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I got many paintings like that that they splattered paint on, I had to go over and fix them. But sometimes I used it. Sometimes I used their mistakes on the work and it actually made the work better. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Looking towards the future, um, do you have uh, some projects that you're uh, looking towards or um, refining the work uh, that you're you're pursuing now? Um, is there anything uh, that you can share about about that? Uh, well, this new series I'm doing now is purely based with paper and fabric, and it's been very, I would say, challenging at times, but I really like the way it's moving. Um, with paint, you can go back and fix it pretty much with other paint. With fabric, you really can't do that as much, but you have to overlay over fabric over it. But I really like using the whole fabric and the paper aspect because you can always cut the paper and fit it back over the parts that have been messed up if they are messed up. One thing I learned when I was in art school is that um, don't try to compete with the TV or the internet because they're moving so fast and there's so much going on. But how can you use your work to keep the people involved and to keep their eye moving through what you're working on? And I like the fact that with fabric, I can use more intricate patterns quicker than I can paint them. Yeah, it's interesting to consider you with, with fabric or with the, the papers you're using, you know, they, they come uh, with a particular 
texture to them or, 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 or visual that you can replicate different, replicate differently than you would if you were trying to paint that, that same pattern. Yes, very true. Um, I really like the fact that um, I use a gloss medium to seal the paper and to seal the fabric and the gloss over it, whether it's a matte gloss or whether it's a more, what's the word, uh, glossier gloss. <laughs> <laughs> But to make it shine more, or make it, or make the images sit back more, and I, I really like the aspect of that particular approach to what I'm doing right now. These pictures that I have um, promoted or done so for the Saginaw Museum have have been a more, I guess, spiritual approach to like a reviving of the image. Because I was trying to show that we sit on a multiple of planes. We're not just physical beings, but we are spiritual beings. We exist on so many different layers. A lot of folks don't always understand that, but we're not just what you see on the surface, but there's so much more in us and above us and in between us. And I was trying to show that in this particular particular work. Well, James, thank you again for uh, sharing your time here today and uh, sharing your art uh, with our visitors here at the Saginaw Art Museum. And uh, we'll look forward to continuing to uh, follow your work and uh, welcome people into the museum to, to see the, the pieces that you've created. Oh, also real quick, I wanted to say that, so uh, one thing I was, uh, trying to show in this artwork is that, you know, artwork that I'm trying to show, it takes time to reveal itself or to unveil itself. The more, you have to stand back and take time to look at it. We live in a time now where we're on cell phones. We want things so quick. We want everything that some come so quick, so quick, so quick. But I wanted to take a moment to have people stand back and look and see what things pop out of the artwork. Because when you first look at it, you won't actually see the whole thing until you take a moment and actually look back and see it. Yeah, it's interesting. At uh, the opening celebration that we had here, uh, the way that um, visitors sort of on the younger end, so they had, a, they had the perspective of looking up at the pieces, how they viewed the work, and how adults viewed the work, and how, uh, you know, the, the time that people were taking to do some of that, uh, you know, try and find not just a figure, but the individual patterns within the paper um, was, was really revealing. Cool. Well, James, again, uh, thank you for uh, your time and uh, this art that you're sharing with the Saginaw Art Museum and uh, our visitors here. Thank you. I appreciate you guys showing it. Thank you for listening to the Temple Arts Podcast. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and making a donation to the arts through SaginawArtMuseum.org or templetheater.com. This will allow us to continue to bring enriching program to Saginaw and beyond.